Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Rundle A for now. Uh, <laughs> this is season 29 for me and season 25 for Amanda. And this is day 25 of season 97, the final day, not really the ultimate day. That no. would connote something else. Yes. Question one asks us, essentially, what does the Japanese word yama mean in English? Uh, it says it's sometimes seen within familiar names. So I thought that this meant familiar names of people, mm. names that you would call someone with whom you were familiar. Ah. Uh, so I thought, well, it's maybe it means boy or girl, and it's used to refer to a, a younger person mm. or you know, a younger relative or the like. So I kind of coin flipped and went with girl. Yeah, I, I thought along similar lines, um, and I think I was uh, assuming a little too much about, you know, the word familiar used in this uh, context, I interpreted a little more like familial. So I uh, figured it had to do with, you know, something like, initially I was thinking mother, father, sister, brother, um, but I thought, no, that's too, you know, hard to kind of parse out and it should be something that's sort of you know something i would recognize i guess um and then i thought well you know f with familial names um a particular syllable or prefix or suffix or whatever might indicate that everyone is from the same clan or the same house and i thought oh house maybe that's what it's um related to because there's a um you know, there's a boutique that I like in Detroit um, that is called Yama, but I don't think it's actually taken from this, you know, in retrospect, at least. I don't think it relates to that. Um, but I just thought, you know, maybe that's like fashion house or something like that. Um, and so I just thought, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of like Yamaha, um, you know, just Japanese surnames with Yama in them. Sure. Why it why couldn't it be? The house of whatever you know the yama is kind of appended to so that's what i put down yeah, but it was mountain okay was, which i've heard fuji mount fuji referred to as fujiyama i guess so yeah. so yeah okay that made sense but i mean honestly if you if you'd ask me what does the yama mean in fujiyama i might have said mountain or i might have said something else entirely it might have just yeah. been big thing or something like that you do notice that the uh, I forget what the word is for the character that mm -hmm. is given in parentheses here. It does kind of look like a mountain. A little bit. In, in that way that a lot of uh, Japanese and Chinese characters look like something if you know what they're supposed to look like. Yes, sort of vaguely suggestive of it. Yeah. Oh, well. Question two asks us what the second title of Bonfires and Broomsticks was. Yes, noted that it was uh, a reissued uh, with the novel that it was uh, originally named that, and also with the film that came out in 1971. Um, and this is one where I think we had a copy of the book in our house, probably related to you know the um, the premiere or whatever of the film itself, and I knew that this was bed knobs and broomsticks. I don't sort of know why it's Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I, I probably have seen the movie, um, you know, since it came out in the 70s, and then it would be 
uh, put out on, you know, broadcast TV as like a special. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to say there was something like they actually, there was like a flying bed with the bed knobs that Mm -hmm. were, um, you know, magical to make it do so or whatever. Sounds right. Um, And this is, this is really just some very old memory gears creaking into motion (laughs) a little bit, even as I speak. Um, But, you know, essentially I, I figured this couldn't be anything other than bed knobs and broomsticks. I did have to shoo away bell book and candle briefly Mm. as well. Um, Also to do with, you know, kind of um, whimsical witchcraft kind of influencing the plot. Um, But yeah, once I kind of figured, yeah, this is about that kid's book we had. um, And I, you know, slowly sort of remembered um, that I had, you know, seen the film or knew of the film as well. I put down bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah, I... I, I remember the movie. I don't think I've ever seen the book, much less read it. Mm. Uh, I I remember the movie barely, kind of vaguely. Yeah. Like you said, I think there was a, a flying bed on the poster. I may be conflating it with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm. I think there was an underwater sequence that was kind of like that animated. Am I thinking of Mary Poppins where it's kind of like the animated, but the, the, the actors are there as well? Uh, no, I, I don't remember that at all, but okay. I'm willing to believe yeah, that you do because i was I barely have a, in it? i think that was bell book and candle okay maybe not i yeah. don't know i, I feel this like it's all very vague yeah. we were like little oh kids. yeah and it was it was one of those ones like you said would be on tv every now and then it would be in like the the kids summer movies things sure, that would go on sure. at your local theater back when there mm-hmm. were local theaters and you would go for like a dollar and <laughs> sit in the air conditioning for a couple hours. Or it'd be on the Sunday night, like Disney. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walt Disney, whatever mm-hmm. it was, program yeah. that was just various different. Yeah. Disney presents just you animated know, old, special you know, presentations. Movies and such. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was pretty sure that this was bed knobs and broomsticks as well. And that was the correct answer. Uh, question three asks us for the common name for the bridge in Venice that connects the Doge's palace with the new prison. So I knew this was going to be the bridge of something. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the bridge of tears. It was going to be the bridge of size. Uh, and I couldn't really land on anything, but I figured it was it was one of those. And I thought the bridge of size seems like it was more of a thing. Like I don't know, I don't know whether the Bridge of Tears even existed. Whether hmm. is that a real thing? I don't know. Is it in Venice? I don't know. Is it anywhere? Who knows? But for some reason, the Bridge of Sighs just kind of felt more actual to me. Mm-hmm. So I figured, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, this one came to mind right away for me. Um, I honestly don't remember much about where I read about this. It. Now that I actually say that, though, it might have been when I was researching information for my one-day special on beads, because I had a question about Venice in there, and so I might have read up on that somehow indirectly, Um, but I just thought of the Bridge of Sighs right away. Like, that was, that seemed like Bridge in Venice was the cue for me to think of that, and then I read on to say so named in an indirect way for the prisoners crossing it. Of course, if you're going from the palace to the prison, <sighs> then you're going to be sighing because mm-hmm. clearly something bad has happened in your <laughs> life. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I just 
that kind of all gelled together for me pretty quickly. I put down the Bridge of Size without the. And Bridge of Size was correct. Question four asks us, uh, what sport is Nellie Corda really good at? Yeah, sheer guess for me because I don't remember, you know, the 2021 Summer Olympics uh, particularly well at this point. Um, especially not in sports that don't get televised because they're not, you know, I'm kind of giving away clues to the answer here that don't appear in the question. Um, but anyway, this was far enough away and in the game sport area where it just, you know, I was just guessing about a sport that you could be ranked in sort of apart from world championships and the Olympics, because not everything is kind of set up like that. Like boxing is, um, you know, there other contests happen that <laughs> shift around your rankings. Um, and, and not everything, you know, like combat sports like that are, are one of them. But I, I was sort of like, but is like running one of like track and field of some kind, one of them, like, I don't know what would be, what would have put this person in the number one slot on this date in April of this year. Like, that, I don't, none of those details clue me into much of anything um, as any specific sport, other than it's the Summer Olympics, so it's not going to be like ski jumping. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I just kind of took a flyer on boxing because I thought, that's one where I know people's rankings and their different weight classes and whatnot change based on the fights that they've had and, you know, how they did in those fights. And so I just figured, sure, you know, women's boxing has been a, an up and coming thing for the past couple decades, I guess. Um, so I thought that seems as plausible as anything. I know boxing is in the Olympics. Um, so that's what I went with. See, I had it narrowed down to golf or tennis. Mm. Um, boxing has rankings, but there aren't the official number one ranked boxers per mm. se. There okay. are weight classes and there are championships and there are various agencies and entities that rank boxers aside from those championships and those recognizing uh, uh, organizations. But yeah, so I, I just had this is either golf or tennis. And I'd think, okay, uh, what are you more likely to win a gold medal at the Olympics in? I know that golf has come back recently, mm. but I just figured there's more tennis. Uh, tennis is more of an Olympic sport. It's okay. longer, longer standing. Sure. And also the fact that uh, she became the official number one ranked in April of 2023, fairly recently. Sure. And I figured, okay, that's uh, recently enough that I know it used to not be an American who was number one in tennis. Okay. Uh, I think it was an Australian woman. I don't remember exactly. Um, but I thought that was, okay, I, I remember, I, I seem to remember knowing that more than two months ago. Okay. And so <laughs> this, this new person becoming it into just about two months ago means that my old knowledge was incorrect and this person is now uh, the now back to the top of the tennis world. Hmm. So that's what I said. 
Correct answer was golf, it was sadly. Golf. Yeah. yeah. No luck there. Question five asks, who made their big Broadway uh, splash or debut in 1962 in I Can Get It For You Wholesale with Elliot Gould? So I have to figure who's going to launch in 1962 from Broadway. Um, and someone who received the show's only Tony nomination. So I have to figure it is probably a woman. Because if Elliot Gould was starring in it, <laughs> then probably you didn't have another male lead. Mm. And probably it wouldn't have been a launching point for a supporting character, per se. So right. it probably wasn't the f a ma male in a featured role, or however they, whatever it is that Broadway calls supporting actors. Um, so it had to be, so that, that managed to knock out all the other, all the men that it could have been at that point. And I had to think whose career essentially started in 1962. Sure. And my first thought was Barbara Streisand. Then I thought, that seems late. Like I, I, I feel like she was a star throughout the 60s and had already been a star for like the whole decade. Didn't appear in 1962 and then get big. Um, and then I thought, wasn't Barbara Streisand married to Elliot Gould for a while? Or at least involved with Elliot Gould for a while? I thought maybe it was Barbara Streisand, and maybe you know, maybe she had a meteoric rise to start. Maybe in 1962, that was when she hit, and then she was just immediately in everything and doing everything and releasing albums and you know, just topping the charts there and being movies and such. So I just I, I tried thinking of like other women who might have started around that time, and they all kind of seemed uh, like I, like I'm trying to think of some of the grand dames of. American theater, mm. your Patty Lupones and mm. your Carol Channings, and they all just they oh, kind of seem yeah. older than that. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I I just kept coming back to Barbara Streisand and thinking, without any other clues in here, at least none that I could pick out, um, that 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 might have that must be it, or at least I'm not going to get it. It's just, it's, it's going to be somebody that maybe I've heard of, but that I could not possibly connect to this. So my only connections really were early 60s and Elliot Gould. So I figured, mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. let's go with Barbara Streisand. Yeah, I, um, I didn't really feel like I had that much of an in to this question other than things like references to it that I might have read in Mad Magazine in the 80s. Like, <laughs> you know, just really super indirect. Like, I don't know this musical. I certainly was not alive at the time or, or have seen it, you know, on Broadway. I don't know that much about Elliot Gould or his career. Um, and so I really was just kind of boiling this down to who is the biggest Broadway connected star I can think of who could plausibly be you know, having their big splash, you know, uh, rocketing to stardom kind of um, role in 1962. Um, and, you know, I, some names occurred to me like Rita Moreno. I'm like, no, that was, I'm almost certain that was earlier um, and wouldn't fit with like, I don't, I don't picture her starring opposite Elliot Gould, frankly. Um, just yeah. their, their vibes are not. Sure, sure. <laughs> Not that compatible somehow. I don't know. Anyway, um, 
And, uh, you know, after a short while, I was like, was that Barbara Streisand's big break, maybe? And I thought, yeah, that sounds pretty plausible. Um, that that kind of clicked for me a little bit. And I couldn't think of any reasons why it shouldn't be her. Um, you know, and the fact that, you know, she was only nominated for the Tony as well. Like, I'm sure that she has won Tony Awards for her work on Broadway, but given that this particular show was not, you know, as iconic or successful or what have you, um, it kind of made sense to me that, like, you know, it, it would have de been denoted by nominating her, you know, she's a new presence on the stage, so mm -hmm. maybe she doesn't win because the show is not, you know, right. there's not that synergy of the show being really good and showing off her talents to the best possible ability. And she's new to everybody. And so you don't give, you know, best actress or whatever it is to the the new kid on the block. Um, and so I thought, for lack of anything else, I feel like Barbara Streisand's a plausible answer here. So I put down Streisand. And that was correct. Wow. Could pull out of nowhere for each of us. <laughs> Very. And question six asks us about a record-setting recording artist who described herself as a regular, degular, schmegular girl from the Bronx. Yeah, I I don't know who this was. I didn't ever watch Love and Hip Hop, which is where she is said to have said this about herself. Um, I ended up going with Jennifer Lopez because I just thought, Jenny from the block. She's not, you know... She's claimed many a time in the song that she's just a regular person from, you know, somewhere in New York. So, I, you know, I couldn't like there there's too large of a realm of, you know, woman rappers or hip hop stars from New York for me to pick one and, and get it right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, based on the description here, I just I don't have any. Uh, real ins to this. So I put down Lopez. Same here. Um, yeah. And I tried to talk myself out of it because <laughs> I figured I don't know when love and hip hop was a thing. Yeah. But I felt like it was a thing after Jennifer Lopez was too big to be on a reality show. Probably. But I tried, but you know, unable to convince myself of anything else, I justified it by saying, well, maybe she was just starring on it or mm. guesting on it rather. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like, oh, you know, this is New York and me, I'm just a regular, regular, schmegular girl from the Bronx, too. And mentoring ha -ha. someone. Yeah. 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 Just kind of showing up as a uh, as you know, I'm I'm a star now, but, you know, I remember I remember my roots, too. Sure. But that's just that was all just utter lack of anything better Same. to say. So, yep, that was my final answer. An incorrect one, because the answer <laughs> was Cardi B. Sure, which, which yeah, I can okay. accept, but I never would have come up with. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I couldn't put a finger on what particular record she set. I know she sold a lot of albums. I think she's that's... the biggest selling female rapper of all time. Really? I believe so. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That left me with three whole correct answers on the day. Um, it did get me to 110 total correct answers. For the season, okay. which is my second best ever, uh, only superseded by last season, oh, wow. where I had 111. Hmm. So, um, 
overall a, a decent performance. I have very low hopes for this match day in particular because I'm mm. up against like number two in the rundle. <laughs> yeah. So it's not happening, but uh, but still um, a commendable season. It really just determines how far it drops me down, um, you know, presuming I lose this match, which is not, you know, a foregone conclusion per se, but unlikely um, that, I, that I would tie or win. Um, and yeah, it's just... You know, the things I missed here were pretty yekioid and, you know, e even the one that you got very close on was I could have done the same calculus and still gotten it wrong, too. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, three out of six is just what I had in the tank today. Yep. Same. I'm at 105 for the year. See, Which is pretty darn good. Bad for me, even even in A Rundle, but Over this time just killed me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, four out of six is an A minus, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. I frequently say I am. Uh, that's a that's a that's an average that might keep you in an A Rundle if you're defending well and mm -hmm, if you're a mm -hmm. little bit lucky. And I was neither this season. <laughs> so, I had I think five, possibly six. I had, I had six days when I got the same number of uh, questions as my opponent and lost. Mm. So I had six defensive losses. Ugh, that's I rough. had zero defensive wins. Mm. Uh, I think I had one game that I tied despite getting fewer questions than the other person, but that was it. Oh, wow. That was yeah. as close as I came to a, to a good win uh, in the whole season. So Yeah, that's pretty tough. Yep. Yep. I um. have been mathematically relegated. You are safe in the middle. Yep. Which means that season 98 will be the first time ever that you are in a higher rundle than I am. That's true. So. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, it was an interesting uh, performance for me in this season overall. My Both my defensive efficiency was pretty good. Like it was in the top, I don't know, five or six in the rundle. Um, but also... I had several categories that I was uh, that batting a thousand in. Uh, they were not all my typical good categories, and I weirdly under and overperformed in lots of different ones. Like there was no, it was such an interestingly skewed season in terms of the question content, where like I did way better in like game sport and I got both of the math questions and I you know I got like 11 out of 11 on the literature questions which is a better is it a decent category for me but like not batting a thousand decent I'm not <laughs> the literature phenom um and so I, I imagine both I did pretty well in defending these but also I was hard to defend and yeah. that's one of my strengths as a player so it really kind of came together a little bit um you know with a good with a you know very respectable um performance even for a rundle um you know right in the middle there and uh so hopefully i'm kind of i'm kind of you know leveling leveling up a little bit i hope in mm -hmm. my um consistency and and uh, accuracy over time that's that's the goal is learning more stuff and knowing more stuff yep and i i also uh leveled up but it was fairly quick like mm. my 
uh, my TCA has been hovering around 100 almost uh, pretty much since about my fifth or sixth season. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have not been able to con uh, consistently punch any higher than that. Mm -hmm. and, and I started out at, like, 80s my first sure. couple of seasons. So once I, once I had the rhythm of the questions and... Uh, you know, within that first couple of years, it mm -hmm, was, mm -hmm. it came, it came better for me, but I, I've never, uh, I've never managed to improve other than a couple of minor things. I'm a little better in classical music because I actually read a book about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll help. But I reverted this time. I was one for four this season in mm. classical music. So yeah. <laughs> the only category that I was worse than the entire, uh, the entire rest of the field in sure and i i did actually much better in classical music and theater i think i did quite well which i've got another one notched here today which is nice um and that's that one is a little bit gratifying just because i don't think i'm exactly ignorant of theater i've been to kind of a lot of you know broadway road productions i haven't mm -hmm. seen things on in new york per se but like you know I know a fair number of musicals and maybe less so plays, I guess, is probably my more weakness there. But like, you know, finally feel like, hey, I'm kind of actually demonstrating the knowledge that I believe myself to have, which is um, what I'm always hoping to do. And, you know, hopefully uh, setting more of a standard of like, I, I really would have... Uh, um, you know, I guess my my goal now will be to kind of maintain like the 110 TCA kind of level would be nice to kind of really, you know, push on that a little more. Um, and uh, and then I, as long as I'm, you know, kind of trying to manifest things here, like like the kids say, um, I, I think I would like to manifest that we move to a new branch someday because <laughs> um, I'm a little, you know. I sort of feel like the top of our rundle is, you know, brutal. so brutal and so weighted towards the people who are perennially winning. Like, mm. it's not quite like in uh, Premier League, let's say, which we're modeled <laughs> after, where players change teams and like you can, you know, there are ways you can kind of re like I can read up on stuff, but I, I can't build myself an eidetic memory or yeah. you know what people getting 90 percent on these overall on the questions mm -hmm. i don't think i can plausibly expect to do that even no matter how much i read or built my skills or whatever um and yeah. so it would be kind of nice to face a fresh group of people and and have a hope of you know climbing up the ranks a little more yeah, um, the winner of our rundle missed ten questions. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, um, and just like you know, I'm I'm feeling like I'm doing pretty great at 110 of. Well, yeah, I think I'm at a. I'll be at 110 out of 150. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's that's above 700. It's like you know, 733 or something, which is, yeah. you know, that's, I feel really good about that, but I'm never going <laughs> to like, if, if there are always at least 
three, you know, players with 800 and 900 averages over mm. consistently over seasons, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, crack that glass ceiling or whatever you want to call it. Like, unless, unless the skew of the question content changes considerably, <laughs> like if it, <laughs> if it changed to, to sort of all, you know, food and drink and, uh, you know, current events, um, then, then I'll have a chance, but yeah, I, that's, I was trying to figure out if there was a way that, um, the championship could be somehow restructured such that, you know, if it's held once a year and I was trying to think, could you do it so that if someone already qualified for the championship, then they aren't eligible to qualify again until the next year of, until the next championship year. So like they get into the championship mm. and then if they're in first it's place the... again, it goes to the next person down. Yeah. But then what happens <laughs> really? is 12 people in the rundle yeah. might get into the championship and yeah. that I, I don't know how manageable like that is. 500 people in the, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it adds probably way more players to the championship and that might, interfere with the whole proctoring system just because it's it'd be an influx of more people mm -hmm. um and probably dilutes the you know the sense of the championship for being for um truly the top players but it also you know i, I don't know how to remedy it also feeling like uh you know it's it's a pie in the sky thing to ever aspire to yeah so I don't know. Get on that, Kamish. He doesn't listen. <laughs> I and probably just as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so just you know, always try to aspire to do better, yep. and hope for the best. I guess there can always be that miraculous season where all the stars align. So I guess that's what we'll hope for in the off season. So. That's it for today and for the season. Don't tune in tomorrow because there will not be more post-game analysis until the next season. Uh, uh, season 98, I guess it mm -hmm. will be. I'm kind of looking forward to being part of like season 100. That sounds like yeah. an exciting milestone for the league to reach. So, um, But season 98 isn't until like, what, August, I want to say. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, have a good summer, everybody. Um, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>